Welcome back to the Advent Calendar House, a salute to all holiday specials, but mostly the Christmas ones. It is once again Scrooge Sunday, and today we're on a journey through the uncanny valley back to 2009 to rewatch Disney's motion capture nightmare version of A Christmas Carol. I am a touch cross-eyed and mysteriously shrinking for no reason, Mike Westfall. And joining me, chasing me through the streets of the future in a phantom hearse, please welcome Matt Wyland. Hey, Matt. Hey, Mike. How are you? And, and let me be the first to wish you a, a happy back to the coast of Christmas Future Day. <laughs> Thank you. That'll be coming up a few times here because A Christmas Carol is directed by Robert Zemeckis. Oh, <laughs> you don't say. Uh, yeah, uh, it, he makes it kind of perfectly clear a few times in here but yep but thank you for coming on i know you're excited to talk about this one i believe your exact wording was you were ready and available to talk about the disney movie that opens on a corpse's face uh, i have opinions about this movie mike i, I don't mind telling you but I, I immediately have to retract that statement um because as, as i'm sure that you noticed uh, in your rewatch it doesn't open on a dead man's face. It opens on a on a joyous, a joyous, um, celebratory <laughs> Christmas snowfall with you know the book as it always does, um, and then the book opens and then we're on a dead face. Yeah, we get the classic Disney trope from everything, <laughs> beginning with Snow White, and <laughs> I think the the most recent one besides this is uh, Winnie the Pooh, mm -hmm. and Enchanted did it right before this. Yep. Yeah, they they love their books. They love their books at Disney, like when they used to like film the actual, um, you know, real life hardcover and then transition to animation. And yeah. when when they did the you know the recent Jungle Book and stuff like that, they they love it. Mm -hmm. They they love books, um, but they just don't want us to read them. They they want us to watch their their nightmarish adaptions of them. <laughs> so did you see this in the theater too? Okay. No. No, really? I, I didn't. Okay. Yeah, and uh, gosh, man, is there you know. If, if I had a Christmas wish, to paraphrase Steve Martin, it would be to see this movie uh, as I saw the Polar Express originally, which was on a real IMAX theater. Um, uh, it was like a daytime matinee. So there were kids, you know, packed to, you know, to the rafters in this. Literally, it was like one of those <laughs> stadium seating IMAX, real deal yep. IMAX, not, not like the, the fake ones they have at the mall. Um, and uh and, you know, Polar Express has has all those scenes where it's like, you know, a roller coaster ride. It feels like, you know, you're going down the hill and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and that really kind of enhanced my experience for the Polar Express because I came out of that thing like, wow, that was cool. You know, I really enjoyed that. It was in 3D. Um, you know, it was, it was like a ride. Um, and, then, and then you watch the Polar Express on regular TV and you're like, man, you know, this was not the experience I had in the theater. My wife's copy of the Polar Express on DVD. <laughs> is uh quote unquote full screen <laughs> because it's that old of a movie so before mm -hmm. they had the 16 by 9 TVs that everybody has now mm -hmm. it was like mm -hmm. 4 by 3 pan and scan DVD yep and just blurry as heck so <laughs> well it's funny that you mentioned that because my copy of the polar express is unopened um, <laughs> because I think because Kate, uh, my wife, knew that uh, I enjoyed the movie the first time. Um, and, then, and then now it's on like ABC Family. And every time I watch it, I get a little bit more and more creeped out. So so all of that is to say, I saw the Polar Express in the theater. I wish I had seen this movie in the theater because there are some scenes that we're going to talk about where I would give 
anything to hear what, what you know what happened to those kids uh, that that were <laughs> assuredly at at these matinees of of these movies uh, in the dark, huge screen, loud sound. Uh, like I'm I'm thinking they're still in therapy. <laughs> Probably. I I remember seeing it in the theater. We had the 3D glasses or anything. Mm-hmm. This was before any of my kids were born. This came out in 2009. This was mm-hmm. just months after we got married. I don't remember any kids reactions. I feel like that would have stayed with me, mm-hmm. but no, I just remember that a lot of these scenes yet yeah, needed to be seen in the theater in 3d. They were made to be seen that way, but yep. And, and, and huge, huge chunks of the movie uh, that we'll talk about where we kind of go on like a, a roller coaster tangent for no real reason, just to kind of show off, uh, you know, uh, as, 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 uh, as Fozzie would say, cheap 3d tricks. <laughs> yeah. So Disney's A Christmas Carol, as it's titled on screen and on Disney Plus, uh, premiered in London on November 3rd, 2009, and in the U.S. on November 6th. I believe we saw it on Thanksgiving weekend, but I don't remember it made uh, what sounds like a lot of money, $325 million worldwide. But uh, Mm -hmm. it's considered one of the worst bombs of all time Mm -hmm. because of how expensive it was to make. And, and 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 there are there are certain things where I'm kind of thankful it wasn't uh, more popular. Um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of some certain merchandise that might have been made if if this movie had been a little bit more popular. Maybe like a stuffed um, psychotic uh, ghost of Christmas uh, past candle, maybe, um, <laughs> maybe. that we that we were spared from because this movie wasn't more popular. But um, yeah, no, uh, he he definitely spent it all. It's all up on the screen. Um, Somewhere <laughs> and ended up losing the studio as much as a hundred million dollars and forced Mark Zerati to resign as head of Walt Disney Studios Motion Pictures Group. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's currently CEO of Cinemark, so he'll be okay. Yeah, he's fine. Yeah, he's fine. Was he was he in charge of Mars Needs Moms as well, or was that somebody else? I think that was <laughs> after him. I All right. think I don't remember. I think Mars Needs Moms was the last straw. Yep. That eventually closed um that whole mo that motion capture thing down. Yes. The the final nail in the coffin, as it were. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of coffins. <laughs> yeah, let's get into it. All right. So we do open with that that snowy scene, but then uh then we open the book and yep. the initially cheerful Christmas music starts to take a turn toward the sinister as we zoom in on the first sentence, Marley was dead to begin with. And, and, and boom, of, there's the dead face with coins covering his eyes. Yes, of course, Jacob Marley being of, of ancient Greek descent and, and needing those to cross the River Styx, <laughs> right. as we know. Well, you, uh, you know the real reason why they did that. No, what's that? Keep their eyes shut. <laughs> really? Yeah, because oh. uh, the, as rigor mortis sets in, uh, mm-hmm. the eyes tend to kind of spring open as the muscles relax. So you don't want that out of wake. Wow. You know what? I'm kind of I'm kind of shocked that Zemeckis didn't show that happening as soon as Scrooge takes the coins off of his eyes. <laughs> you know, uh, so am I now that you mention it. Another wasted opportunity to corrupt to corrupt children. That would have Can been I, the epitome of a cheap 3D trick. Can, you have no idea. Can we go back to the book for one second? Yeah, sure. Because are you aware of the original uh, title of of uh, of this book as it appeared in, in Dickensian London? 
Yes, but it's escaping me because it's a long one. Well, it's it's one that I think should have been on this because uh, Zemeckis really leans into it. And it is uh, the original title was A Christmas Carol Being a Ghost Story of Christmas. Yes. By, by Charles Dickens. And I really think that should have been on the cover, um, you know, because it is something that he really he seems to have taken to heart. Oh, absolutely. He leans into the in the ghost story aspect mm. of this. Mm-hmm. Which I like. I think I do too. And 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 when Johnny Mathis is singing about you know scary ghost stories of Christmases long long ago, like this is this is it, guys. This is what we're talking about. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, but what I kind of wished they leaned into more was as we transition from the book into the the CGI mm-hmm. style, the image of Marley. His dead corpse is first shown as an ink drawing as you open the book Yep, that kind of fades into the CGI style. And here's where I'm saying the style enters into it. Even with that, when we transition into that, there's still a hint of the inked outlines, especially in anything made in wooden here, floor mm-hmm. signage. But yep. part of me wishes they would have met at some middle ground between that ink drawing style and the Polar Express style that they ended up sticking with. But yeah, it would it would have been like when they did uh, Spider Verse, and you could see like kind of the comic dots yes. at, every now and then. Mm-hmm. That was that was really great how they did that. Yeah, I agree with you. This is you know you and I should be running uh, the, the Disney mocap studio. <laughs> Here we go. We'll, we'll open it back up and, and throw some money on the furnace. Perfect. <laughs> what I will say. It's only been five years between this and the Polar Express. The Polar Express, mm-hmm. they couldn't quite get it. Like, it, it it had that uncanny valley feeling to it. It's yep. a little better here. It's enough of an improvement that not everything looks completely creepy. It's still a bit off, but it's mm-hmm. it's a lot better than five years before. Yeah, yeah. And and. Let's let's just let's just put it out there right now. Uh, n- nothing in this thing is even remotely as annoying as the kid with the glasses from the Polar Express. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> not even close. <laughs> try as Jim Carrey might. Yes. And he did. And God, does he try. <laughs> he sure does. Uh, so let's talk about Jim Carrey and Scrooge. Merry Christmas. What's Christmas time to you but a time for paying bills without money? A time for finding yourself a year older and not a penny richer. I could work my will. Every idiot who goes about with Merry Christmas on his lips should be boiled in his own pudding and buried with a stake of holly through his heart. As far as portrayals of Scrooge go, is mm-hmm. he like top tier, middle tier, bottom tier for you? Uh, um, I I like what he does. I like what he does as Scrooge. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't need to see him as as the ghosts. I don't think. Um, I definitely didn't need to see the the Ace Ventura Christmas Past uh, candle. But I, I like <laughs> I like what he does with his with his with his body and his mannerisms when he's Scrooge. You know, in this opening scene, you know, he's rubbing his fingers together, he's licking his lips. You know, the, the, the you know the, the money is the only thing that matters to him. He's very uh, hobbled and stuff like that. I like that a lot. Um, when we're getting to some of the other stuff that he does, uh, you know, as the ghosts later on, um, not really for me. He, he delivers the lines well. I think. I think it's a good performance. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think he should. I think it should have. I think he should have stuck on Scrooge. And 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 I want to ask you a question about this movie. Um, okay. 
and see if you have maybe the same Mandela effect that I do. Because when I remember when this movie was first announced, it was very exciting. You know, it, it had a top tier cast list, some of which I think is still here. You know, like with you know, folks we'll get to like uh, Gary Oldman and and and, and others. <clears throat> Let me ask you this: Do you remember reading about who the Ghost of Christmas Future was going to be? No, I don't. Okay, because and and this could be like something that my mind like completely made up because when I first read like the the press release that announced this movie, I thought I remembered that Alan Rickman was going to be playing the Ghost of Christmas Future. Oh my goodness. And I was number 1 really excited. And then I was instantly puzzled because was it going to be like uh like Mickey's Christmas Carol where, you know, you have a talking, you know, you have a talking Ghost of Christmas Future because that would be incredible. Yeah. Um, so I spent I spent you know the better part of half an hour googling around today to see if if Alan Rickman had in, indeed been originally attached to this movie, and all I got was like you know wish lists of the the, the great <laughs> Scrooges who, who who never played the role, which is also true. Yeah. Um. But um, you know if Disney, if Jim Carrey mocapped the uh, the Ghost of Christmas Future in this, then then he did a great job also. But he did. We can't, we can't really tell. Okay, so so good on him. Good on him. He he pointed well and he and he appeared menacing. Good because, job. Yeah. Well, Robert Zemeckis wanted to do the same thing he did, where Tom Hanks is all the adult figures in here. Jim Carrey is all three ghosts in in mm-hmm. addition to being Scrooge. Yep. Okay. I, I was just curious if if anyone else had that memory that I did, or if it was something that I concocted out of, uh, uh, I guess, just pure desire. Yeah. I don't know. That would have been something. I don't know if that would have been a waste or not, mm-hmm. just because. You get Alan Rickman for Alan yeah. Rickman voice. Yeah. <laughs> like you could, we could have had Alan Rickman do like, let's, let's cast Alan Rickman in this movie that, that, uh, that appears now. He could have been a great Cratchit. He could have, you know, uh, he could have been a great Marley, I think. Um, but uh, I think, I think Ghost of Christmas Future would have been a, would have been a serious win. Oh, absolutely. But, uh, but as far as Jim Carrey goes and, and Scrooges throughout history, he's middle mm-hmm. of the road for me. Yeah, that's fair. My favorite's Michael Caine, and Mm -hmm. not because he surrounded my Muppets, but because Mm -hmm. he plays Scrooge completely straight despite being surrounded by Muppets, and that makes it all the better. Uh, Yep. People swear by Alastair Sim being the undisputed greatest portrayal of Scrooge, but I like Michael Mm -hmm. Caine better. Um, I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you. I think that Michael Caine is probably the the best Scrooge. Um, I like what Bill Murray did in Scrooge. I'm a huge Scrooge fan. Um uh kind of a completely different different take on it um as far as like the straight the straight scrooge though i'm with you i'm with you on on michael kane all the way jim carrey's not threatening for a top tier spot but he's not bad by any means yeah i like i like how he kind of plays uh you know scared chastised scrooge um and i i like some of the stuff that he does uh after his you know after the redemption and stuff like that but it, it's you know when it gets to kind of the heartfelt and maybe it's a mixture of the mocap and it being you know Jim Carrey, um, but when it gets to some of the some of the parts where you know where you know you compare a Scrooge looking at Tiny Tim or Aunt Tiny Tim's empty chair to a uh, a ghost a, a dead eyed uh, Jim Carrey uh, mocap, it, it really can't compare unfortunately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So because this is a straight up version of A Christmas Carol, I'm very Mm -hmm. likely not going to run into most of this cast again on this podcast. I am going to do something a little bit different for each of the top billed actors on this. I'm going to point out where in that actor's filmography 
this movie sits. So okay. for Jim Carrey, this was a year after Horton Hears a Who and Yes Man. Mm-hmm. And two years before Mr. Popper's Penguins. <laughs> so that's where we're sitting. Oh, and also that episode of The Office where he's that guy from the Finger Lakes. <laughs> I completely forgot about that. So did I until I saw him. <laughs> and he doesn't have a name. He's credited as Finger Lakes guy, which makes that joke even funnier. Oh, it's we're, we're calling that we're calling this a valley, a valley point point for for Mr. Mr. Carey. Yeah. OK, that's fair. Uh, what's he done? What's he done since? You know, has has he had any kind of a renaissance? You know, he's Biden now, obviously, on SNL. Uh, I don't think anything particularly special. Uh, nothing's really coming to mind. Do you, what's your favorite Jim Carrey thing? My favorite Jim Carrey thing is probably. Well, I think it's probably. You know, the, the best movie starring Jim Carrey, I think, is probably um, Eternal Sunshine. But okay. the best comedic Jim Carrey performance um, is probably Liar Liar or yep. Dumb and Dumber, I would say. I would probably go. Yeah, those are two good ones. I, I mm-hmm. lean toward Liar Liar myself. Most of my friends also mm-hmm. kind of go the Dumb and Dumber route. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the Truman Show a lot. One oh, underrated yeah. thing that's not a great movie, but for some reason I really, really liked when I saw it was uh, The Majestic. Mm-hmm. It was like his first kind of serious role. Yep. I haven't seen it in a while, so I don't know how much it holds up, but I remember really enjoying it. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. But we're, we're, we are definitely on kind of the, the other side of the mountain uh, when we're talking about Jim Carrey in, in this particular movie. Oh, yeah. And and for now, we're still at Scrooge looking over the dead Jacob Marley's body. His hands are shaking as he has to pay The Undertaker, which I really mm-hmm. like, just to really show how much he hates parting with his money. Yep. So it looks almost like a symptom of withdrawal. Yep. And and he, and he chastises the boy who's who's just trying to put a, uh, a lid on a coffin. Right. And uh, and he uh, he takes back exactly what he paid. Um, and he takes it right, right from Marley himself. Yep. Both denying him a trip to uh, the underworld and probably resulting in his eyes being open within a few short minutes. Yeah. Uh, well, and I end up go back to the coins. That's what the cloth tied around the heads for, too. You see a lot of it as Marley is a ghost. That's to keep its mouth shut. Ah, uh, we'll get to that, too. We sure will. <laughs> uh, but for now, Scrooge leaves. We get the opening credits. I'm in a flyover of 1840s London, mm-hmm. which is one of these 3D scenes. We're going to see a lot of these flyover Scenes of look what we can do. Yep. Fly over, fly through, fly under, you know, and it's the same, you know, that same kind of uh, thing I was talking about with the Polar Express where you said it, it's, it's, it's literally just kind of showing off and spending a lot of Disney's money in the process. It's uh, soaring over a Christmas carol. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and then th- this flyover stops at Scrooge and Marley's office seven Christmas Eves later. And I really like the effect of the sign aging before our eyes as we flash mm-hmm. forward seven years. I do too. And, and we're, uh, uh, and I've watched this, pro- I've seen this movie three or four times and each time I'm faked out because I'm like, Oh, we're going to get right into it when he, when he goes into the office, but it, it's not the case. They do do a nice job of, uh, of giving you a little bit of uh, time transition there. Yeah. And also every, ah, you know what? I'll get to it. I'll get to it later. There's another thing that every single time um, is going to happen. And it's actually, they go a different direction. But oh, we'll okay. Yep. Yeah, I'm not sure. But, but inside we meet Bob Cratchit, a short, balding and quiet gentleman played by Gary Oldman. It's only once a year, sir. 
Or excuse for picking a man's pocket every 25th of December. Yes. An almost unrecognizable Gary Oldman. Yeah, that's that's this is one case where the motion capture kind of does it right, where you can see Mm -hmm. hints of Gary Oldman in there, but you Mm -hmm. wouldn't be able to make a completely different character like this. There there are certain people who are going to show up and it's like, oh, okay, so you didn't even need to wear, you know, those ping pong balls and stuff. I bet you just kind of showed up and and did your your part. But no, they they did a good job. They did a good job with Gary Oldman making him look uh, both kind of haggard, but also, you know, the kindness is is there, too. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's and he's kind of a he's you know he's a very uh, he's a very chastised Cratchit. I don't think he I don't think he really speaks until uh, later on when he leaves uh, when he leaves the office. If it, you know maybe he'll say goodbye to Fred at some point, but um, he's kind of he's you know he's very much um, very much in the background. Oh yeah, he doesn't speak at all at first. He's just mm-hmm. trying to warm his hands by the small flame of the candle. Consider mm-hmm. swiping the piece of coal to light a fire, but thinking yep. better of it. Mm-hmm. In Gary Oldman's filmography, this is a year after The Dark Knight and mm-hmm. a year before The Book of Eli. Yes. Uh, with Harry Potter's two years on either side. He is uh, he is maybe kind of the, the guy most crushing it in this in this cast at, at this moment. Oh, uh, yeah. In, uh, yeah. And even more so mm-hmm. a little later. But yep. But first, uh, Scrooge's nephew friend enters and it's Colin Firth. Merry Christmas, uncle. God save you. Ah, uh, humbug. Christmas humbug? Uncle, you don't mean that. Literally just Colin first. It's uh, just a much more easily recognizable. <laughs> maybe maybe they, they took a few years off and, and stuff like that, but this is this is Colin Firth, who had yet to win an Oscar at this point. Yeah, this is the year before the King's Speech. Okay. And a year after Mamma Mia. <laughs> I forgot he was in Mamma Mia. <laughs> So I'm calling this another I'm calling this another uptick. Everyone's on <laughs> everyone's on the rise except for except for our star. Yeah. Uh Colin Firth though, he kind of looks like a version of himself in a PlayStation 3 game. Yeah, he's like he's like the president in in Call of Duty 6, yes. like you know, and and uh you know, well maybe he's the prime minister I should say, not not the president. Okay. Um but he yeah, uh, and and uh, maybe a little too old for this role, do you think? Should should Fred be a little younger, do we think? I thought so. I don't know. like they could have I'm used to my Fred's being kind of young, like newlywed. Yeah, like there was there was, there was an actor that that we're going to talk about coming up very very soon who when you're watching the opening credits, I immediately I had completely kind of blocked his presence in this movie out completely, but I immediately assumed that he was going to be Fred when I saw his his name up on the screen and boy was I in for a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's yeah, next comes our uh, two portly gentlemen. Yes. And now we need to address the elephant in the room. Or should we say the elephant in the room? <laughs> because <laughs> Because one of the charitable gentlemen is none other than our dear sweet Wesley. It's, <laughs> it's Carrie Always. I didn't recognize him until he started speaking, and then I took a closer look, and there yep. are his eyes, like the sea after a storm. Yep. And and I'm not gonna lie, like I I, I was watching this movie while while some other things were were going on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as you do in the age of COVID. Yep. Um, and I heard his voice first and I looked up and all of a sudden I'm looking at, I'm looking at Carrie Elway's voice coming out of basically uh, the end, uh, the end credit character of uh, Ben Stiller from Dodgeball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. This is, this is indeed a portly gentleman. Yes. Uh, but charitable. 
but charitable. We, we don't we don't hold we don't hold this portliness against him. No, not at all, not at all. Uh, no, they're just they're just trying they're just trying to do the right uh, the right thing by the the needy of of London. Sure. Now, Carrie Ellis. Yes. Don't look, but on IMDb for every okay. actor, they have a list of four things they're known for. What do yes. you think is first for Carrie Ellis? Well, Princess Bride. Nope, it's Saw. Okay. <laughs> then, but then the second is Robin Hood Men in Tights. Uh, then the Princess Bride. So uh, yeah, algorithm's then, broken. And then this? No, then it was uh, what was it? Is it oh, Kiss the what, Girls? Is that the one he's in? <laughs> this is not this is not on his reel. No. You know what? You know, one thing that I had a, a hilarious time imagining was the premiere of this movie, which as you said was in London. Everyone's there, everyone's mm-hmm. watching the movie. And you know, Gary Oldman sees himself. He's like, Oh, that's kind of funny. That's that's cool. You know, Jim Carrey's there, he sees himself as crashy old Scrooge. Colin Firth basically sees himself up on the screen. And then it would have been hilarious to me if Bob Zemeckis had not told Carrie Ellis how his uh, character was gonna look, <laughs> and he just kind of shows up and he's just like, wait. What? What's going on here? <laughs> well, uh, Dickens does describe them as portly gentlemen. Oh, Those okay. are his words, not mine. Oh. But okay. that would be funny, though. So you're so you're not you're not fat shaming the, uh, the 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 portly gentleman. That's just no, their, that's no, just their absolutely names. not. Okay. But for Gary Ellis, this comes a year after he was in a movie called The Alphabet Killer, and mm-hmm. a year before saw the final chapter. <laughs> no, it wasn't. But Spoiler. Here's a fun fact about Carrie Ellis. He's an ancestor. And wrong. He's a descendant of 18th century politician John Ellis, a renowned miser whom Dickens had suggested was an inspiration for the character Scrooge. Stop. Are I'm you not even joking. Oh, that's a great bit of trivia. From I love his hearing mouth. That. I wish I wish we could see Carrie Ellis more. He was, you know, I know. He he was dreadfully miscast in Saw. I've I've heard of people who went to see Saw in the theater. Uh, it's supposed to be this big climactic moment of the movie. Um, I won't spoil this twenty year old movie for anyone when, <laughs> to say what happens to him. But it's supposed to be this big dramatic scene, and people were bursting in, uh, out laughing at how I guess terribly he acted it. Um, but everything I've ever seen him in, I've I've always been a great fan of Carrie Elwes. Oh, he's great, and I've seen him mm-hmm. do. Uh, kind of a talk on on the princess bride like one of the 25th anniversary mm-hmm. we went to a thing where he just did a Q&A session uh and mm-hmm. and his audiobook version of his memoir of that movie is just the greatest thing yeah he, he's just got good stories and he's a genuinely good dude mm-hmm. come back harry come, come yeah. back to it yeah I'm, I'm, I'm glad uh that the family name couple hundred years after that guy who was who inspired the actual scrooge uh Family names in good hands. Well, now hearing that little uh, tidbit of trivia, I kind of want to see him as Scrooge eventually. That would be good. I mean, he can turn. He can be a good villain. Yes, he can. uh, He has to have done some stuff where he was like shady operator um, guy. uh, The last season of Stranger Things, he was like the mayor or something. And oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Carrie. Carrie. (laughs) This is is your agent talking here. You have we have to get you attached to a Scrooge. Make it so. Yep. Um, the other portly gentleman does not speak at all, but his motion capture acting is done by Julian Holloway. Mm-hmm. He's known for his role as the animated version of Siegfried Fischbacher of Siegfried and Roy in a cartoon <laughs> called Father of the Pride, a short-lived CGI sitcom about their lions. I remember that. Was that on like NBC or something like that? I don't know. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, well, good job, sir. And 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 credit to you for looking aghast and uh, upset and horrified at all of the correct places. Well, well, that's not where I know Julian Holloway from. I know him as the headmaster in James Bond Jr. Oh. And he was in the Where's Waldo Saturday morning cartoon as Waldo's nemesis, Odd Law. Of course. Of course. <laughs> I can't believe that that didn't come to me immediately. <laughs> I get, these are things that just, oh, I know that. <laughs> I wouldn't have known him by name. but, but. And it's so much better knowing those stuff than, like, you know, physics. <laughs> right. Uh, next, it's time for Scrooge and Cratchit to leave. We get the usual back and forth about taking Christmas Day off. But again, Gary Oldman's Cratchit is a lot more soft spoken than I'm used to seeing my Cratchit. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I don't expect him to be now. See here, Mr. Scrooge. But I don't know. He's, he's like an Ewok, but quieter. Yep. Comes out of his shell pretty quick, though. And 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 can I just say, it's not plagiarizing them up at Christmas Carol. <laughs> I since, thought this too. Yes, since Disney owns both, so it's yep. not plagiarizing when uh, when Bob Cratchit does the the penguins uh, annual skating party. Uh, penguins in this film, of course, played by um, Dead Eyed Street Urchins. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but I am. Imme- I'm glad I'm not the only one who immediately thought of Kermit with the penguins. Mm-hmm. He even does a similar kind of like surfing pose before he uh, before he falls down he at, the, at, at the end there. So uh, I'm sure that Bob Zemeckis would call it an homage. Absolutely. And there are and there are a few, though, mm-hmm. that we will that we will point out for him as we, we go will. through. Uh, but first, we've got more Gary Oldman in store because he also mm-hmm. plays Jacob Marley. Yep. And I love this. I love this idea. Yes. I love dual casting. I'm a huge I'm a huge fan of it when it's done correctly. Um, and I hate it when it's done poorly. <laughs> um, but uh, like, uh, I'm going to go on a tangent here. But do it. What, do you remember the live Peter Pan with Christopher Walken that they did on NBC? What? <laughs> it was it was like during those those times when they were doing like a, a, a new live musical every year. And they did a production of Peter Pan with Allison Williams. Um uh, you know, best known from girls as Peter Pan and Christopher Walken as, as Captain Hook. How did I miss this? Oh, I don't know, but you have to, you have to, um, they did a, this was broadcast live with Christopher Walken, either having attended no rehearsals or (laughs) dead drunk, um, on the day, probably both, um, stumbling his way through uh, a couple things. You have to look this up, but my, my whole point of saying this was, in that production of Peter Pan, it, this is the Broadway version, of course, Captain Hook um, was obviously Christopher Walken, but the guy who played Smee played Mr. Darling, which is me played Mr. Darling, which is completely wrong. And I got really angry about this. I'm I'm still a little bit angry at, uh, at it, because if you're going to do this and they did this in like that, that classic um, CBS version. Where it was, I remember because I can I can hear the the announcer in my voice, which is Sybil Richard as Captain Hook. Um, he played Mister Darling as well, and it makes sense because Captain Hook is supposed to be an imagined hyper version, hyper controlling version of their overbearing father. Right. Well, um, yeah. So so that that's all to say this where they have where they have Oldman playing both Cratchit and Marley, his his uh, his former and future spoiler for a 200 year old story, his, <laughs> his his past and future partner makes all the sense in the world. And I love it because, you know, Marley here is like the corrupted version of of Cratchit. You know, I he didn't even, have, even put that together. Well, he done. Even has, 
he even kind of has like he has similar um, mutton chop uh, hair and stuff like that. Yeah. Although that, that wow. is also kind of that is also kind of the cloth and everything like that. But I love that they did this. this it's one of my favorite things about the, uh, about this version. I think. I'm glad you put that together because I didn't. I was just like, I love this Marley ghost. Yeah. We meet him as the ghostly knocker on Scrooge's door. Yep. Um, With a jump scare. Uh, maybe the the first one. This is the best jump scare. Yeah, the, there are several. There um, but are, this, but this, this is, is the, the best one. Yeah, this is the one. You know, you get you get not only the one where you know he leans down, he's he's jiggling around for his keys, and he comes up, and all of a sudden the face is there. But he also he does a really good effect where is you know, and and this happens a few times where it's like silent and the camera is on it for mm-hmm. what seems like forever, yeah. and all of a sudden there's this big reaction. Of course, this one is him screaming at at Scrooge, and unlike um. Is it Waldorf or is it Statler in Muppet Christmas Carol? He doesn't dro- he, he doesn't have the uh, the knocker. He drops the knocker, which I love. I love that he he, he screams at, at <laughs> yeah. Scrooge and the knocker comes down. Right. Uh, it, it it is Statler. In, Thank uh, you. As the knocker, yeah. I knew. I that had you to think do. about him. Just like who was it? No, it's Statler's face. Um, and we I'll yeah, get- that's the thing. We see it coming from a mile away because it's such a slow. Well, first off, uh-huh. Scrooge reaches for the ghost face knocker. Yeah. What's wrong well, with you, man? Yeah, like I'm, I'm. I would always reach for a radioactively green, glowing <laughs> right. uh, face that used to belong to my partner. Um, uh, instead of uh, you know, basically turning around and running the other way. I'm, I'm sure. I would I'm like. Well, let, me, let me give us a little poke. Let me see if I'm, if I'm seeing what I'm seeing here. No, dead, dead flesh. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, but it still gets me every time. It's just we know the jump scare is coming. It's just a matter of what second it happens. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Uh, a few of his teeth come flying out. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Uh, oh, and apparently Scrooge falling down his steps onto his back. That was Jim Carrey doing his own stunt. Oh, well, good on him. So, yeah. I, I hope that didn't put him out of commission for too long because that could have been quite painful. Uh, well, he did Mr. Popper's Penguins two years later. So. Okay, so he's fine. Yeah. Uh, then he's upstairs and as the bells ring, they start out really slowly and quietly. And then it gets mm-hmm. louder and louder and the camera shakes around Scrooge. Yep. And then the thumping footsteps followed by the dragging of the chains behind the door. That's another mm-hmm. one that takes maybe a minute, which is a mm-hmm. lot of screen time. Can, can I go back real quick? Oh, sure. One, uh, one thing that I that I really love about this is, and it and it kind of is a theme that kind of happens throughout the movie, mm-hmm. where when you're in Scrooge's house, you'll notice there's a light and there's Scrooge and there's like maybe one other piece of furnishing. In this case, when he goes inside, it's just, you only see his staircase. Yeah. Everything else around it is complete blackness. Yep. Um, and there's going to be other parts later where it's like just his bed and it's, it's looking like he's living in this abyss, which, uh, of course he is. So that was, that was another thing that I enjoyed. I, I really like, um, how, how it's framed when he's in his house where he's so small and, uh, and everything is so stark, um, that, it, uh, it's really impressive, uh, production design, but I, I'm with you on, on, uh, I love the scene, um, with the bells, it is a little, uh, it is a little, um, you know, Oh, uh, Muppet Christmas Carol had a bell. We're going to have four bells. Um, <laughs> and, it, and they even have like the, you know, that camera pan out. So it's behind the bell looking down on Scrooge. Yeah. Um, so we'll call that, we'll call it another homage. And I'm, you know, I'm sure that other productions have done it as well, but I loved hearing, hearing the dead steps, hearing the chains, hearing those boxes, uh, coming up the steps as, as Scrooge kind of just cowers in his chair. Yeah, and it feels like it takes forever. And to your point, yep. this is a horror movie. 
Mm-hmm. He's being stalked right now. The way God and Charles Dickens intended. Absolutely. Being a ghost story of Christmas. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Marley himself, his eyes don't quite meet Scrooge's right away mm-hmm. until they kind of slip into place finally. Yep. It's so unsettling and I love it. Yep. Oh, absolutely. And those boxes, when they come through the door, um, you know, they, they shoot right at you. You know, that you know, the, you know, those kids out in that theater got a, got a little bit of a squeal from that. Oh, yeah. And then, and then this is like one of the first real, real toppers is when he takes off that claw, he unhinges his jaw yes. and he just starts spraying his breath everywhere onto Scrooge all over the room and stuff. And it's just this, this nauseating, disgusting sight. And I love it. Yeah, and he tries to make it funny, but like gross mm-hmm. Beetlejuice funny. Yep. Bad kite was my business. The Commonwealth was my business. Sanity, mercy, forbearance, and benevolence were all my business. You haven't shown this to your kids yet, have you? So that th- this is actually a good time to have this discussion because as I was thinking about when I was going to do this rewatch, um, I said, oh, you know, no problem. We'll just do it one night when I can show the kids. And then I thought about my kids and I didn't need them uh, up scared every night for <laughs> a week or so. One, you know, being worried about the demon horse or yeah. the, the ghost man with no jaw or, you know, uh, any, any of the other stuff that we're going to find here. Yeah. So I have, I have not shown this to my kids yet. I have not either. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I showed them Beetlejuice. I mentioned Beetlejuice this year, and they did not take to it right away. Mm-hmm. They came around to the funny parts, but yeah, I don't think they're quite ready for this yet. Uh, yeah. Especially when the Marleys they're used to are a couple of old Muppets and Goofy. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's definitely, you know, going from like, uh, you know, novice difficulty to like, you know, expert uh, right away. There, there's no kind of ramp up between between Muppet Christmas Carol or Mickey's Christmas Carol in this. No, you're not in, at all. You're in the major leagues now, kids. <laughs> Here's a big dead body. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Goofy, that's what I think of the Legion of Spirits out the window. Oh, I was going to say, it's it's so cool that Marley was able to set up the Haunted Mansion dining room scene for, for Scrooge right outside Thank of you. the window. Oh, that's exactly <laughs> what I have in my notes. It's like, it's the Haunted Mansion. It's the latter half of the Haunted Mansion. Yep. You got some Pepper's Ghost in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, that, you know, you have some some guys flying around. I'm, I just can't believe they didn't they couldn't come up with like a, a ghost bride to come in and chop off Scrooge's head. Right. Well, I... Mm-hmm. Upon closer look at all these ghosts, they're all being tormented in their own mm-hmm. ways. One guy's being beaten over the head by two giant coins. Yep. One's running endlessly after a bag of money on a stick. Mm-hmm. Very Dante's Inferno, but make it silly. Yeah, a whole group of them are, are doing their best to and futilely um, trying to apologize to to you know a homeless person on the street. That was uh, that was kind of interesting. I, I like that one. Yeah, um, but yeah, they're all they're all in their they're all in their torment. It's not just Marley, and uh, he gives he gives Scrooge a good look at at what might be in his future. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the silliness doesn't stop there because soon mm-hmm. the clock strikes one, and here comes Jim Carrey with his head on fire as the mm-hmm. candlelight ghost of Christmas past. But I am mortal and able to fall. Bear but a touch of my hand there. And you shall be upheld in more than this. Or as I named him, Flicker, the psychotic uh, ghost with an Irish <laughs> accent? Question mark? Yeah. So. <laughs> can we talk about it? Yes, <laughs> we can. 
was this a Carrie choice or was this a Bob a Bob Zemeckis choice? Do you I think, think uh, this was a Jim Carrey choice. He mm-hmm. he gave each of the ghosts that he plays a different accent. Mm-hmm. I think for Christmas past, he was thinking about his own Irish past. So I okay. think that's where the connection is there. Okay. A wispy Irish accent. Uh, Coming out of like literally the face of Ace Ventura. Yes. It's <laughs> yes. just Jim's Carrey's face <laughs> on a candle. Like, yeah. His other characters in this at least look differently enough that even yep. though I can pick out the hints of Jim Carrey's face or eyes in them, it's still Scrooge. It's still mm-hmm. Christmas present when we get to it. Here, it's just his actual face on fire. Yep. Um, and he's almost like winking at the at the camera, like you know, can can you oh, believe this? Like, I'm in the Christmas. I'm in a Christmas Carol. Look at me. <laughs> but I'm also Irish, I guess. But yeah, he's he's got he's got like just the right. Um, for me at least he has like just the right mix of um we'll call it um menace we'll call it um nostalgia and maybe even a little bit of mischief um in his voice as he's taking scrooge through this because let's be honest the ghost of christmas present uh i'm sorry past loves this job right oh yeah that they must they must like love showing these suckers like oh look how good you had it and you threw it away um (laughs) um and and i think that that this one in particular shows that shows that pretty well. Absolutely. We, we get mm-hmm. more fast flying here as we head mm-hmm. into the past. This is the point where I remember, Oh yeah, this was released in 3d. This is a mm-hmm. show off scene. Yes. Th- this, uh, this, th- these bunch of scenes are actually bookended by show off scenes. Mm-hmm. Actually, actually there's a little show off scene in, in between each of the ghosts appearances where, you know, if not for these, this movie might've been like a tight, you know, hour and 40 instead we get, instead we get two hours. Yeah, but we probably could have saved the uh, saved the Walt Disney mocap studios thing. I think <laughs> yeah, but I enjoyed it in the theater most mm-hmm. of the time. But watching it now on my Mac, full disclosure, because I'm typing notes as I watch it. But uh-huh. even if I'd put it on in my living room, I'd probably have had the same reaction where, oh, this was for a mm-hmm. 3D audience and not me at home. Oh, yeah. And this is nothing compared to later on when no. you're like when you're basically watching like, why? Why is this happening? <laughs> Yeah, so so we see Scrooge as a young boy now, and of course mm-hmm. Jim Carrey does the motion capture for this. Mm. But I couldn't find a credit for the voice. I, it wasn't on IMDb, and it wasn't on Wikipedia. Uh, we'll just say it was uh, Jim Carrey's young friend. There we go. Uh, but the weird thing I found on Disney.com's movie site, they mm-hmm. have a list of credits, but someone messed up and was <laughs> apparently updating this and the Muppet Christmas Carol at the same time, <laughs> because Gary Oldman is credited for playing Kermit the Frog and Robin the Frog. <laughs> Nobody tell Disney. I kind of want it to stay that way. Oh, my gosh. That's incredible. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's nothing we don't know about Gary Oldman, who is, as we know, a master thespian. If you tell me that he played Kermit the Frog and Robin, I would believe you. I want that now. I do as well. Couldn't find a credit for the voice of the youngest Scrooge here, or as a teenager. I want that. I want, I want Gary Oldman as Kermit on the next season of Muppets. Now. Yes. Disney make, make it, happen. it happen. Oh man. <laughs> But then in runs for the first time on this podcast, Scrooge's younger sister, Fan. Yes. Dear, dear brother, I've come to bring you home. 
home, little fan? Yes, home! Uh, we'll get back to the actress motion-capturing fan in a bit, but but fan, mm-hmm. you don't see her make the cut too often. No, no, not in Muppets. No. Um, you, you know, the only other time that I've encountered fan, is, well, besides reading the book, um, you must be maybe familiar with the Dickens Village at Macy's in, in Philadelphia that they do every year. Oh, yeah. Are you? Yep. So they have a whole, you know, uh, for anyone who's not familiar, um, they have a walkthrough basically of a Christmas carol. It's like life-size diorama, but really, really well done. And if, uh, and if you can't find this movie on Disney or, or you don't have Disney Plus to traumatize your kids, definitely bring them to, <laughs> to, to Macy's in Philadelphia. Once quarantine's over, please be safe. Yes. Um, but they have a whole diorama of fan uh, and they talk about her and the kind of almost as it's portrayed in this movie, like word for word, the really kind of like um, ghost of Christmas past really sticking in the knife and twisting it and being like, she died, right? And she had a kid. And, uh, and you know, that's, uh, that's his, that's nephew Fred. Yeah. Yeah. She's Fred's mom naturally. Uh, but like literally, literally, uh, they, they just, uh, you know, both in this and in, and that little plaque that they have at, at, at Dickens village, it's like she would die a woman and having, having only given birth to one child, Scrooge's nephew, Fred. It's like, all right, wow. Well, you know, pouring out for Fred, for fan, I guess. Yep, that's fan. Mm-hmm. We only see her as a child in a memory and mm-hmm. only briefly before Scrooge is whisked off to his young apprenticeship at Fezziwig's. Mm-hmm. And Fezziwig is oh, very boy. obviously the late, great Bob Hoskins. <laughs> Yo-ho! Ebenezer, come on! My man. Speaking of Smee, my, you yes. know, the best Smee possibly ever. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. 100%. That's my favorite Bob Hoskins role. And I like Fezziwigs in this because um, they've taken all the gravity out of the out of the building, like literally. Yeah. <laughs> it is a gravity free zone. They basically made it into like a bounce you, and uh, and both <laughs> both our friend Fezziwig and his wife get in on the action. It's like doing the kind of running jump thing. Yep, which, running jump. Which was a Luigi jump. So uh, they attributed <laughs> yeah. it to the wrong Mario brother. <laughs> yes, that's Whoops. true. This. This I feel like uh, it, it goes nicely in the in the Zemeckis. We'll call it the Zemeckis um, Dead Eye series. Hopefully, he makes <laughs> one more Christmas movie where this is kind of like bookended with like the hot chocolate scene, where you have these waiters who are you know doing incredibly yeah. impossible things in a train, jumping up on top of tables, mm-hmm. making making hot chocolate machines disappear and stuff like that. Where you have uh, you know probably a seventy year old Fezziwig um, doing triple jumps in the sky. <laughs> Uh, so in Bob Hoskins filmography, this is a year after the movie Doomsday and yep. two years before a British TV miniseries called Neverland, where he got to be Smee again. Did you know Aww. about this? I had no idea. And Neither now, did now, I. Now I definitely want to seek it out. Yeah. So uh, it's apparently Kira Knightley's Tinkerbell. It's a prequel. So you have mm-hmm. uh, Reese Iffens as a young Jimmy Hook, as he's credited. Oh, so I don't know. How many reboots is Peter Pan going to get? All of them. <laughs> Until they get it right, I guess. <laughs> right. Well, they got it right. Uh, yes. Did you notice that he throws in a little yo-ho here? Just as if yes. as like, yes, you're like, yes, I'm him. Yes, I am Smee. Here, I'll, I'll just give you what you want and, <laughs> and leave me alone. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Loved it. I loved Bob Hop- Hoskins in this. Absolutely. More of him, if it was even possible. Mm-hmm. But it's, unfortunately, it's not. Uh, well, a little bit later, but only a little mm-hmm. bit later. I kind of wish we got he got to play Fezziwig in a live action version, though. Yeah, that would be great. He's a good Fezziwig. He really, really is. Uh, 
he's got that he's got that kind of uh jolly uh jolly sword about him yeah i forget the line that michael kane has about Fezziwig, where he's as uh what was it as uh uh oh because it's Fozziwig. yeah something about as uh as as stern and as uh unyielding as a, a blueberry or something i i, I, I can't remember <laughs> what it was as hard and as ruthless as a rose petal <laughs> Uh, I'll also shout out Dick Wilkins here, also played by Carrie Elwes, if only to quickly mention that he was the stand-in for Scrooge when the ghosts are speaking to him and vice versa. So oh. it sounds like, if I'm reading that correctly, Jim Carrey and Carrie Elwes had to film each scene where Scrooge is with either Christmas Past or Christmas Present twice, and oh. they switched spots each time. That's interesting. That's impressive. That's like waiting. Uh, what is it? Waiting for Godot? No, there's a famous there's a famous show where the actors switch switch roles nightly. Oh, um, and uh, and the last version that they did was uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman and Charles, <laughs> not Charles Nelson Riley. <laughs> He's long dead. <laughs> John C. Riley. Yes, John C. Riley. There Thank we you. Go. You know who I was. <laughs> um, but yeah, Close I like enough. that. I like it because uh, you know that that helps you know helps to kind of. Uh, you know, give give a new perspective on the role for each of yeah. them. Yeah, and now I re- now I really want to see a Carrie Elwes uh, um, Jim Carrey movie, maybe a buddy cop comedy. I don't uh, know. Well, they were in Liar Liar together. But... Oh, that's right. Yeah. <sighs> you just blew my mind. <laughs> <laughs> this is a reunion for them. So the, oh, oh, that's great. And and speaking of reunions, Carrie Elwes and someone else. Yes. Now we get back to the actress I mentioned as fan earlier. Uh-huh. She's also Belle whom we mm-hmm. meet at Fezziwick's Christmas party. Yep. But it's the Princess Bride herself. It's Robin Wright. You fear the world too much, Ebenezer. You've changed. Changed? Perhaps grown wiser. But I have not changed toward you. Our contract is an old one. It was made when we were both poor and content to be so. Well, Robin Wright Penn here, excuse me, I, but, but I she's back just, to Robin Wright now. I wasn't sure if I should have corrected you there. Yes, at, at the time, I think that it was Robin Wright Penn. Correct. Um, but she has now uh, right, rightfully relinquished that that pen, and she's gone to back to being the queen, Robin Wright, as, yes. as we all know her. Mm-hmm. Uh, you wouldn't know her as fan, though, but you definitely recognize her here as Belle. Yep, she she's another one of those. Yep, no makeup needed, no pink balls needed. Just just nope. go out there and set and mm-hmm. and say your lines. Uh, and in Robin Wright's filmography, this is a year after what just happened, and a year mm-hmm. before the conspirator in which she was charged as a co-conspirator in the assassination of Abraham Lincoln. Wow! Oh. Uh, and two years before Moneyball. Yeah, and eventually House of Cards, which I would oh, I right. would say has possibly overtaken um, Princess Bride. You know, if if what you're telling me about Carrie always is true, um, then uh, it seems that Robin Wright might be well more well known for House of Cards than than uh, Princess Bride, which oh, is probably. not correct, but no, probably still accurate. <laughs> so, <laughs> I uh, what was so I'm giving her another. I'm giving her. Uh, uh, upgrade status. This is this is an uptick for her. She's Absolutely. on her way up after this movie. <laughs> yeah, uh, Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Oh yep. gosh, yeah. how could I forget? <laughs> yeah, she's she's and uh, you know and Carrie of course too. But they they all uh, did a great job with the with the the virtual reading um, for the you know for those constant dems. That oh, I love that production. At, that was that was, that was an amazing thing that they did. Mm-hmm. I can't believe they pulled that together. Thanks so. everybody. Yes. Thanks, Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, here we go. <laughs> uh, I will say this young man version of Ebenezer Scrooge looks a lot like regular long-haired Jim Carrey than the rest, but with mm-hmm. the largest, pointiest chin. 
Oh, that chin. Like his profile would look like a face of a crescent moon in that vintage Halloween decoration. That's what I thought of. Yep. And I love I love that you put him on the cover of of this season's uh Advent House. Um and and you could tell immediately who it is yep. in that in that bottom left corner. No oh, yeah. <laughs> no no squinting necessary like you might have for others. I you know, you pointed pointed that out immediately. <laughs> that that chin, uh, it's definitely it's definitely the, the most distinguishing part of, of his uh design. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Right back. McDonald's chicken McNuggets 20 pack makes every holiday party happy and fun. Aren't we having fun? Mingle, mingle. Tiny Tim, tiny as ever. Take two. It's a good time. What <laughs> a great taste. Time for McDonald's gift certificates, 50 cents each, or a book of 10 for $5. We do not get to see older, comely matron Belle, but the no. whole of Christmas past seems kind of rushed, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I, I wish we could have lingered a little longer in each scene. Did you get that impression? Would you say, would you say Mike, that you were kind of missing maybe a song? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Uh, can Robin Wright sing? I don't know if I've ever heard her sing. Let's get her the sheet music for there we go. the way we were. Uh, what, when love is, is gone. When love is gone. <laughs> yes. The way we were. That's Barbara Strait. <laughs> Let's do both. <laughs> Robin, can you sing? Can you give us, give me an F flat. All right. You're good. All right. Boom. Here you go. Here's the song. <laughs> You've seen this, right? Um, no, I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, I always think that, you know, in, in terms of time for the different ghost appearances. So obviously, you know, and you might have discussed this on on this program before. Um, there were like five phases of this story, right? There's yes. kind of like the, the pre-ghost, there's mm-hmm. ghost one, ghost two, ghost three, and then there's you know Christmas. Yeah. Um, I've always found that they spend the most time in in maybe uh past and present, and the future is always kind of a little bit rushed. Not the case in this one. No. And probably probably a very conscious choice given what Robert Zemeckis wanted this movie to be. He just wanted to get to the torture, I think. <laughs> He's like, all right, so get rid of, you know, get rid of the young kid. Get rid of uh, uh, of the fiance. I, I want her gone so that I can I can you know turn him into a mouse and chase him with a with a ghost chariot. Yeah, yeah. Scrooge just begs the ghost to get him out of here. Christmas past mm-hmm. is a thing Dickens described in the story, but we mm-hmm. never get to properly see until now. His face shifts between mm-hmm. young and old, and in this particular version, Robert Zemeckis decided to make mm-hmm. his face shift between every key character we have just seen in Christmas past until. Scrooge has enough and snuffs out the ghost with his own captor. Yep. Or tries to, at least. Only to launch into space. <laughs> yeah, it's time to wake up the audience, man. No we, reason. You know, they were all kind of they were all kind of uh, falling asleep during some of that, you know, <laughs> boring past stuff. So wake up, losers, because we're going to the moon. Yep. J- yeah. Let's just shoot <laughs> Scrooge into the sky past the moon E.T. style. Yep. Because we can. Absolutely. Maybe even another Peter Pan connection. You know, that that thing where they kind of launch off of oh, Big Ben and, and they do that dive <laughs> past the moon. That that looks pretty similar too. second start of the right and straight on till two o'clock. <laughs> straight on till Scrooge's bed floor. Yeah. <laughs> Plummets back to Earth and we can see the skin of his face flapping in the wind thing that happens mm-hmm. anytime any character falls from a great height at a great velocity. Yep. And Bob Zemeckis being very kind not to show us some of the flapping skirts of his nightgown, too. Yes. Thank you, Bob. That, thanks for the restraint, Bob. We appreciate that. 
and he's back on the floor of his bedroom just in time for Christmas present to arrive. And it's mm-hmm. the classic younger Father Christmas, red bearded, green coated Christmas present you see most of the time. Call men and know me better, man. <laughs> I am the ghost of Christmas present. And Jim Carrey's boisterous laugh is this close to swerving into Ace Ventura's little. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. And he has an Oculus. Yes, he does. <laughs> he has his, he has his magical, mystical Oculus view that he that he imparts onto Scrooge just by a touch of his robe. Yeah, that's uh, it's more three D magic thing mm-hmm. where that's what's really happening here. But you and me, a couple of theme park enthusiasts. First, I thought of the Tower of Terror, mm-hmm. how it kind of bounces up and then back down onto the first floor of his house. Yeah, and then it turns into Soren. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say in, in 3D, in IMAX, um, with sound up, it's possible like you're almost at Flight of Passage um, territory. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, certain parts of this movie. But um, yeah, this is this is just kind of a show off, a show off thing about, hey, let's let's see what we can do. Uh, I do like his line about kind of giving giving it a heavenly perspective. Um, yes. It's kind of cool. We're seeing everything from from above um, until he, you know, until he's able to, to get right down in there for some some things that the spirit really really kind of rubs his face in oh yeah it's a Mm -hmm. weird choice though to just decide i'm going to take this entire parlor room the second story of your house and we're going to fly through london with it Mm -hmm. yeah like at first you don't really know what's going on like okay are we gonna shrink him or you know is he shrinking down are we taking off this level are we just taking like this one floor of the house like what are you doing like what are you what are you trying to do show me but then you know obviously when the floor becomes transparent um, you know, when he tugs on the robe and, and all of like the Christmas, um, uh, paraphernalia comes down and kind of cleanses the floor. Mm-hmm. That's when everything is kind of revealed. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't mind, I don't mind a little bit of, uh, it feels like Christmas just kind of walking through the streets and, and being down there with the people. But right. this is, this is an interesting choice too. Yeah. Uh, so Jim Carrey did an Irish accent for Christmas past for Christmas present. He said he used a Yorkshire accent from from Sheffield specifically because uh-huh. he felt this ghost was connected to the common man. I see. Do, do we think that Jim Carrey has ever been to Sheffield? Maybe. Yeah, he probably has. Do you think he Googled fun British accents the first day? <laughs> of that and, and he just kind of showed up and said, here's what, here's what we're doing, Bob. Strap in. <laughs> well, I mean, that, I mean, if he's trying to get that common man spirit that Christmas mm-hmm. present is supposed to have, mm-hmm. then then that this is the right way to go with that. But yep, no, I agree. It almost sounded a bit Scottish. Like for a second, I'm like, is he trying to do Bill Nighy? But mm-hmm. but no, it's Yorkshire, which is not how Bill Nighy talks. But but it was close. Yeah. I don't know. Yep, but. I enjoy the I enjoy this this spirit. I think the most in this movie. Yeah. Um, uh, of this movie this is my uh, in this movie this is my favorite of the three spirits Agreed. um i would say up into a point which we will get to mm-hmm. <laughs> again i'm saying that a lot but uh, well <laughs> <laughs> bob Semeckis, he really it's a long he really yeah he absolutely <laughs> we finally stop at the cratchit residence and scrooge is still looking at the scene from above his own flying parlor room mm-hmm. uh and I'm going to quickly go through some more voices here. Okay. Because it's a big family. There's Mrs. Cratchit, played by Leslie Manville. Ah! Founder of the feast, indeed. 
I wish I had him here. I'd give him a piece of my mind to feast upon and I'd hope he'd have a good appetite for it. Who is best known in the UK for the films All or Nothing and Another Year. I know her from the movie Maleficent, where she is the good fairy Flittle. Oh. They gave the fairies different names. She was the one who wore blue, but she was more of the fauna equivalent. Okay. I've never seen Maleficent. Okay. But I'm sure that I would have recognized her if I did. Yep. Hi, where's our Martha? Uh, not coming. Not coming. Oh, not coming upon Christmas Day. We got you, Father. I couldn't bear to see you in a state of disappointment, dearest Father. If only for a giggle. Uh, her oldest daughter, Martha, is Faye Masterson, who plays Christian Grey's housekeeper in the Fifty Shades movies, which I have not seen. So I'm nope. taking the word for it. Uh, Belinda Cratchit is Molly Quinn, who played Nathan Fillion's daughter in Castle. And Peter Cratchit is Daryl Sabara. It's Junie from Spy Kids. Oh. And the voice of the hero boy from the Polar Express. Oh. Uh, I'm here having gone through puberty now, but it was Tom Hanks doing the motion capture in that one, but it's Daryl Sabara's voice. Okay. Uh, and on that note, we meet Tiny Tim, who's got the mm-hmm. same deal. It's Gary Oldman doing the motion capture, but the voice belongs to Ryan Okoa. God bless us, everyone. The main antagonist of the Disney XD series, Pair of Kings. Really? About twin brothers who learn their co-heirs to an island kingdom. This is like their nemesis or something who's trying to take over the kingdom. You ever hear about a show and you're shocked that with three kids, you you have never heard of it? Yeah. I guess maybe, you know, maybe this 10 years that? ago they would have been, but we'll have to check that out. Okay. Um, now, you, let's just talk about Tiny Tim, right? Sure. Because Tiny Tim is is the linchpin. Nothing Nothing's really happening with Scrooge until he sees Tiny Tim, right? Mm-hmm. Like if he gets he, he gets back from he gets back from the past, maybe he has like a couple days where he's a little bit mopey. He's like, oh yeah, you know, I'm I'm gonna do my best. I'll be better and stuff like that. Right. Um, Tiny Tim is kind of his his inspiration to do everything. Mm, I would say even more than probably his own death eventually. Yeah. Um. So therefore, Tiny Tim, you have to fall in love with Tiny Tim the second you see him. You want you you know you want to protect him. You want him to uh, live. Obviously. Um. This tiny Tim, I'm sorry to say, did not do did not do it for me. Maybe it's the kind of the, the dead eyes um, stuff. Maybe it was because the whole time I'm seeing Robin in my head uh, coughing um, <laughs> and, and stuff like that. But uh, I found I found this tiny Tim to be a little bit uh, a little bit lacking. I liked it. I liked him at the end. But uh, no, what, I agree. What your... He's an afterthought. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. But even still, this is one of my favorite scenes in in any production of this. Yeah. Where you know, and it's easily the kind of the most um, tear jerking. Where where Bob is talking about how Tiny Tim was at church, and he wants everyone to see him at church because they can know that uh, that uh, you know a cripple. Uh, and you know, I'm not calling him a cripple. This is what he said. This uh, was, can yeah. walk and, and stuff like that. Um, it gets you every single time. More so maybe when Kermit's saying it. I'm not, you know, you know, who am I to say? You know, we're well, big Muppet fans. Sad here. Kermit's a big deal because he literally has a built-in smile. Yeah. So when you can make <laughs> Kermit sad, that's huge. Yep. Yeah, but uh, I, I think I think that they could have done a little bit more with Tiny Tim um, in this in this movie. I do too. He he was mm-hmm. very much an afterthought. 
I'm used to like Robin coughing and this one doesn't seem quite as frail as that. He, he this, just, this young boy isn't nearly sick enough. No. I, I want I want him, I want him sicker. I want him on studio head. Mike uh, Mike says, well, um, give give this boy typhoid. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but, well, uh, but 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 this Scrooge, Jim Carrey Scrooge, still mm-hmm. is feeling it like every other Scrooge does. Another thing mm-hmm. I liked about this version is when mm-hmm. Christmas present turns Scrooge's own words on him. Where if mm-hmm. he's to die, he'd better do it and decrease the surplus population. Yep. He's actually taking on Scrooge's voice and yep. not replacing his own, but rather mm-hmm. over top of his own. So yeah, that it's got that creepy two voices at once effect. If he is to die, he, he had, had better, better do it. And decrease the surplus population. Yeah, and he gives him his own face right right back at him too. Yeah, even his face but, morphs in this group yeah, here. To, to to hammer it home. That yeah. was that was really well done. You're right. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But then we're whisked off quickly to his nephew Fred's place, and yes, we'll quickly point out here the voice of Fred's wife is Robert Zemeckis's wife Leslie. I have no patience with him, Fred. Oh, I have. I'm sorry for him. Good job, Leslie. Yeah. And they're playing. They're playing that classic game that we always do, that everyone does at the holidays, really, where we all talk trash on the the relatives who didn't show up. <laughs> Good old yes and no, which <laughs> yep. we'll come back to. Uh, <laughs> Then we're back into horror movie mode as we find uh, ourselves close to midnight inside a giant dark clock tower. Heard the director likes those. Oh, well done. Well done. I didn't even notice. Yep. I didn't even put it together. And this is kind of the start of like 10 minutes of, I would say, like abject horror. Yeah. Is that, is that fair to say? Well, we get a scene usually cut from a lot of the more popular adaptations because it's not, it's written as abject horror. Yep. Uh, it's the ragged children, ignorance and want mm-hmm. who, 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 who emerge from the robes of, of the spirit, um, you know, emaciated, you know, probably a little bit uh, um, withdrawn from something crazy, yeah. you know, half crazed, poor. Um, and they quickly morph into into some some pretty legitimate nightmares. Yeah. So. As the very loud bell of this clock striking midnight starts to ring, the ghost of Christmas present falls mm-hmm. down rigid and colorless, but still yep. laughing. Mm-hmm. It's and, a kid's movie, guys. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and ignorance and want immediately grow into adults themselves, throwing mm-hmm. Scrooge's words back at him this mm-hmm. time. Have they no refuge? No resource? Uh, are there no prisons? <laughs> Punctuated nicely by, of course, the the the, I guess, ignorance being thrown into prison and want morphing into like a legit prostitute. Can we say that's what I'm thinking? I'm like, uh, okay. Is this Disney's first prostitute? Do you think? Uh, no, no, no. It's definitely the most uh, overt. I would say. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I can take a hint. Gotta face the facts. You're my only friend, Abu. But yeah, things things quickly take a turn from from uh, the the joys of Christmas present. Yes, uh, but real quickly, ignorance as a child is Ryan Okoa again, who is Tiny Tim's voice. Uh, cool the track. adult who says, "Are there no prisons?" is Carrie Hoyt, who's Jim Carrey's stand-in for a lot of movies. Okay, including Liar Liar, Man on the Moon, The Majestic, Bruce Almighty, and a series of unfortunate events. So that was neat. Yep. Uh, Want as a child is Sammy Hanratty who played young con artist Holly in The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. 
mm-hmm. want as an adult is Julian Renee, who I know from the Nickelodeon show Roundhouse. Wow. Did you watch Roundhouse? I haven't thought about Roundhouse in a, you know, over a decade, I'll say. <laughs> uh, she had short blonde hair and was their go-to female announcer or grandma on that show. Okay. That's the thing that stood out to me in her IMDb. She's had a long, illustrious career, but mm-hmm. nope, Roundhouse. Loved Roundhouse. <laughs> Great job by both of them. Absolutely. Really, really you know, permanently scarring. Good good animation. <laughs> they're, you know, they're feral. They're clawing at Scrooge. Yeah. He's doing everything he can to get away from them. Meanwhile, you got the ghost of Christmas present over there, literally dying on screen. Yes, still laughing as he's reduced to a skeleton with blue eyes. Yep. Looks like the mask, but white and creepy. Mm hmm. Merry Christmas, kids. Yeah. And it's time for Christmas yet to come. And this mm-hmm. ghost appears as Scrooge's shadow in the moonlight. And another great jump scare here. The night is waning fast. It's precious time to me. Lead on, spirit. Yeah, absolutely. And another one that seems to be set up almost interminably like it feels like five minutes when uh when you're just looking at the skeleton slowly opening its arms giving you the full profile like you're like what is gonna are, are there gonna be eyes is it gonna take shape is it gonna and then all of a sudden it comes right at you well, i'm yeah, sure even, even scrooge they added the line it's just like ready when you are and then boom <laughs> yeah we doing this or can i <laughs> am, am i done can we go lunges at him knocking mm-hmm. him through the floor down mm-hmm. a large flight of stairs and stopping at the feet of his nameless big business colleagues mm-hmm. talking about someone who's died before mm-hmm. fading into night again. And I love this. Oh. I, I, I love this in every single version where Scrooge is doing everything he can to convince himself that it's not him. Uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, obviously the businessmen are talking right. pretty obviously about him. It gets even more obvious um, in the next scene. Um, but even after all, all of these scenes when he's, you know, where, where he's going to end up, he's still saying, oh, this guy could be like me is what you're saying. Right. Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> like very, you know, very optimistic. Our, our friend Scrooge is. Uh, but but we take the very scenic route to that. Yes. Because Christmas future again appears as his shadow. And here mm-hmm. he starts pointing to mm-hmm. another long shadow of a hearse carriage drawn by two large shadowy horses. Mm-hmm. who pop into 3D and stare at Scrooge with angry red eyes. Mm-hmm. And here's our super weird chase scene. This scene uh, works unbelievably well. Um, you know, at, you know, just on its own merits of being a creepy, threatening, uh, very cool scene, I would say. Um, I don't know if it belongs in this movie or any kind of production <laughs> of A Christmas Carol, um, but it's really well done. I wish I had seen it in in 3D. I watched like you. I, I watched this on my on my computer. I had a pretty big monitor, um, and it is like t- the first time you see it, it is horrifying. Yeah, when it, and, you know, and and I'm sure that in 3D it was it was even better. It was, but at the same time, you're right about. That's what's missing from a Christmas Carol, a chase scene. What yes. is this? Uh, and I did, and I clocked this, Mike. And this, this, this scene is over six minutes long. Oh my goodness! And it features, um, you know, numerous, um, uh, numerous near near death experiences. Yep. Numer- numerous close calls. It features our protagonist licking the inside of a sewer and making a pudding <laughs> joke. Yeah. You get me in here. 
Christmas pudding, no doubt. Which is kind of cool, I guess. <laughs> um, and then we're right back to the to the chase. And what is like? What is the Ghost of Christmas Future's deal here? Like, what is he doing? Is he is he getting him to the next place? Is he just trying to soften him up a little? Is he having his own fun? Like. What are you doing? I guess so. It's just like, look, I'm not flying you around. You already got your scenic tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, now oh, I'm going to chase you down alleys and through sewer pipes to the tune of a panic lace take on God Resty Merry Gentlemen. Yes. Zombies Ooh. popping out and just screaming or laughing at him. Yep. Big old barrels uh, almost crushing him to death yep. and eventually soaking him in beer. Now, imagine how much better this all could have been if the entire time you have Alan Rickman, like, intoning, <laughs> intoning these things like, you know, you know, God, rest your soul, Ebenezer Scrooge, and, and all this stuff. I don't know. I didn't write the script. I, didn't have time. Old... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't do Alan Rickman. Ten points from Gryffindor. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> eventually falls down a sewer pipe so we get a water slide scene yes uh, tiny Scrooge then grinds on an icicle on a rooftop Tony Hawk pro skater style yep causing was this where he caused sparks or was that or was that later Did yeah but, well I think that was part of it and also the stagecoach itself just kind of sparks every once in a while oh uh, okay oh no uh, it's the the coachman cracking his whip and it turns into like fireworks oh of course okay okay because I, I got confused because I, I saw sparks. And I'm like, are his feet on fire? Are we doing like a wily e. coyote kind of thing? Like, have things gotten that bad for poor Scrooge? Like, <laughs> no, it's the whip is- cracking. It's just like, oh, that's wow. pretty. Well, in that case, that's a great effect. Yeah. And good job. Uh, finally, falls into a bag of his own bed curtains, brought mm-hmm. into old Joe's shop by Scrooge's charwoman, Mrs. Dilber. Merry Christmas, Joe. And Happy New Year, to be sure. Uh, now, old Joe is Bob Hoskins again. Yes. Uh, and Mrs. Dilber, who was a character in the original story, mm-hmm. uh, is, I'm going to butcher this first name. It's She's Irish. Uh, Fianula Flanagan. Okay. Uh, whom I know from the Nicole Kidman movie, The Others, as one of the maids. Mm-hmm. She does a great job. She I love does. her in this. Yes. She does the perfect like housekeeper. I, I, would you call it a cockney? I, I don't know. I'm not British. I but, think so. Um, yeah. And uh, again, Scrooge, seeing who it is, saying, "Oh, like you know, probably in his mind, being like, oh, I didn't know that she serviced to elderly misers. Um, like this, this is probably like that other guy's um, bed sheets and uh, you know, dress uh, nightgown and stuff like that. <laughs> Doing the rationalization in his head." Like, this is probably fine for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got it, Spirit. Lesson lesson learned. <laughs> no, no need to see anything else. Uh, and at one point, we think old Joe can spot Scrooge, but he's actually attempting to hit a rat nearby him with his fire poker. So more chasing. Yeah. And a missed opportunity for a jump scare here. Let's be honest. I mean, come on, Bob. You could have had the rat, like, jump out from behind Scrooge or oh, something. Oh, that would have been good. Yep. POV from the rat. Yep. Maybe. Yep. This is why this is why we should run the, the Disney mocap. Open it back up. Open it back up, Peter. <laughs> Peter Chapik, you have you know you have the money. A lot less of it now, but that's uh, okay. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> we don't go check on the Cratchits from here right away, like we so often do. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, we briefly see Scrooge's own shrouded corpse on his bed, mm-hmm. and begging to see someone moved by the man's death. We peek in quickly on a family in debt to him, relieved to have more time now to pay it off. Yep. Then we're brought to an unusually quiet Cratchit house. Yep. 
pointing all the way. Um, I love, you know, I love the, I love the point, the shadow, it goes everywhere. Yeah. Um, this, like this, off the uh, angle of the wall. Yep. Um, to exactly what he wants Scrooge to see, just like mm-hmm. the, the ghost of Christmas present kind of turned his face back when he want, wanted to look away. You know, he's not, oh, he's yeah. not the, it's a lot of comic just, relief of that. We are just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And here we are, here we are in, in a scene, um, that we've seen before i i actually think that this version might be well might be better than muppets and i'll tell you why it's kind of it's it's very similar but it's got something at the end that the muppets doesn't have which is this entire scene bob cratchit is you know he's the dad that he has to be in that moment he has to be strong yeah. he has to be supportive um but then when he walks up those stairs and he doesn't realize that scrooge can see him and he's at the top of the stairs and he and he looks at at Scrooge and he and he like breaks down completely. That was an amazing moment. Yeah, and comes in like mm-hmm. says his bit in tears, starts walking up the stairs, looks right at him. But of course, he doesn't see Scrooge. But Scrooge is like beside himself. The mm-hmm. tiny Tim's gone, and mm-hmm. and he's probably gone. Got a promise, I would walk there every every Sunday. <laughs> The whole house, the whole atmosphere of the house was more unsettling than I'm used to just because it's so quiet and every mm-hmm. voice is echoing off the walls. Mm-hmm. And this just adds to it. It was just like the the red eyes of Bob Cratchit. Mm-hmm. And then he goes up. Mm-hmm. And then and then and then we're at the big show. Yeah, that five seconds of Bob stopping on the staircase and looking at nothing mm-hmm. despite Scrooge right being right in front of him was more mm-hmm. powerful to me than Scrooge just standing in a corner calling out to him. So mm-hmm. I do like this. Yep. But you're right. Uh, then we can't just teleport to the graveyard. We have to fall there from a great snowy height. Mm-hmm. Because this is 3D, kids, and, yep. and you, paid for, you paid for a ride. Uh, but the storm here in the graveyard is too much for me. Mm-hmm. Music gets I- loud and there's thunder, and it's not quite as bone chilling as the usual silence and suspense we get here. It's all just like crank everything up to 11. Bitch, hear me? I'm not the man I was. Why show me this if I lost all hope? Mm hmm. Including like what other what other productions have have flames under the coffin? Maybe just Mickey's Christmas Carol. Just Mickey's, right? I read I, you know. I'm a sucker for that. I, I like I like when they show Scrooge that he's going to hell. Yeah, it's not quite. Well, yeah, I think it's clearly a callback to Mickey's Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. Mickey's Christmas Carol is scarier because like it's got the smoke and the fire coming up. This is just mm-hmm. red glow under a coffin. Mm-hmm. It's not as scary as, as Scrooge either, where he's like literally being fed into the flames. Oh, I would yeah. say. But uh, but yeah, the, the, the flames, I think, are a nice touch. Some other people might think that they're a little bit much. Eh, no, I think it works. I just, I, I think they should have done more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. But, but the storm, like everything's just too loud and I don't like it. The storm is punctuating uh, each of each of Scrooge's kind of phrases. It's taking yeah. a little bit more off of the off snow off of the tombstone where we know like <laughs> what this tombstone is going to say. Um, it shows uh, yeah. his date of birth. Yeah, which we don't use. It's February seventh. That's Charles Dickens' birthday. So okay, the year doesn't line up because Dickens wasn't that old. But neat Easter egg. What was the year? How, how old are they saying Scrooge was when he died? Do you uh, have that? Sixties. Okay, late sixties or mid sixties. So worth worth. So okay, understood. 
and then Scrooge kind of sinks into his grave, almost like a perfectly coffin-shaped sinkhole, and that's mm-hmm. where we get the the red glowing hellhole grave down there. Mm-hmm. And then he falls slow motion into the coffin mm-hmm. and gets caught in his own bed curtain. And we're back. It's Christmas morning, and and everything is fine. Yeah. And now now he now he's now he's the mask. Now we get some Ace Ventura, <laughs> some yep. Ace Ventura peppered in. I can't believe he doesn't say "Alrighty then" at some point. I'm surprised. Yeah, good restraint, Jim. Proud, proud of you. I don't know what to do. I'm late as a feather. Merry is a schoolboy. <laughs> I've heard that laugh before. <laughs> That's Ryan Akoa's back again as the kid at the end. The one as big as me. Today, what Christmas day? It's Christmas day. I haven't missed it. The spirits have done it all in one night. They can do anything they like. Of course they can. Of course they can. (laughs) And lest we forget this is a Robert Zemeckis movie, we get Scrooge grabbing the back of the carriage and hitching a ride Marty McFly style. Oh my gosh, you're right. (laughs) Yeah, but it's in the snow, so he's just kind of skidding. But of course, after he probably sexually harasses his uh, his, uh, his housekeeper and sets himself up for... A pretty, uh, a pretty devastating lawsuit in the in the days to come after Christmas. Oh, Mrs. Dilber. Yep, she's a good person. Yeah, <laughs> but good catch on the on the skateboarding. I love that. Mm-hmm. Happy Back to the Future Day, Scrooge. Yay! <laughs> Shows up at his nephew's house right as they're playing the yes and no game, mm-hmm. and I'm ready for him to Jim carry it up here and jump in and surprise them. But he actually walks in very humbly at the right mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. And let Fred be the one to happily welcome him. I'm glad they did it this way. I am too. And it's always surprising to see this version um, when you remember that he has the dinner there. Because yeah. we're, we're all memory hold into thinking he'll he'll go to Cratchit's after. Mm-hmm. But that's not the case. He only sent the turkey. And you have to wonder what's happening at the Cratchit's house when this, you know, 50 pound turkey shows up on their doorstep. Yeah, we don't even see that. <laughs> we cut right to the following morning and Bob runs in 16 minutes late mm-hmm. and it ends Mike much like the original story does with Scrooge faking him out and then giving him the mm-hmm. raise before he sends him out to buy some more coal. Mm-hmm. And then we see Scrooge Jim carrying it up through the window, dancing. Happy New Year. Mm-hmm. Really missing Miss Piggy's line in this scene yeah. where, where she's about to raise him right off of it. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of kind of wish that uh, that Mrs. Cratchit was there to deliver that. Add Miss Piggy um, to every movie. Yep. Yeah. But then we have we have Gary Oldman breaking the fourth wall. Yeah, wraps it up outside as Tiny Tim on Scrooge's shoulder takes us out with the old God bless us, everyone. And Scrooge was better than his word. He did all that he said he would and more. And to our Tiny Tim who got wealth, Scrooge was like a second father. He became as good a friend, as good a master, and as good a man as the good old city ever knew. And it was always said of him that he knew how to keep Christmas well. And so, as Tiny Tim observed, God bless us, everyone! And we fade back into the drawing in the book on the mantle, and that's it. Yep. We get a nice uh, kind of uh, maybe a what Zemeckis thought would be a competitor to the Josh Groban song <laughs> from Polar Express. Um, not nearly the legs that that song has had um, no. by uh, Andrea Bocelli. Um, sorry, Andrea. 
Um, but uh, but yeah, then then we're home and and we finished another um, another uh, uh, rendition of a Christmas Carol. We did. Uh, any final thoughts on Disney's A Christmas Carol? Um, I would just say to make sure that you have a good, uh, if you're taking your kids, to have a good psychiatrist lined up afterwards <laughs> um, and prepare to not have them uh, sleep in their own beds for at least two weeks after, I would say. Yep. Three weeks for 3D. But, but as an adult, I enjoy this. Like, it's not going to be my favorite anytime soon, but mm-hmm. if I want to feel like, if I want a scary ghost story like Andy Williams sings about, mm-hmm. this is where you go. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, I, you know, I'm, I watch I watch Muppets every every Christmas day mm-hmm. with my family. Um, but, you know, this is definitely one for, you know, maybe a couple of days before, yeah. you know, get get a little creeped out, have a little uh, uplifting at the end. You know, it's it, you know, it's it's just what you want the Christmas uh, Christmas Carol to be. Absolutely. Well, Matt, if people want to swipe the coins holding shut the eyes of your corruptible mortal state, <laughs> can they find you anywhere on the Internet? Um, not really. <laughs> As I said, I'm I'm not I don't have a podcast, I don't have a YouTube channel or anything like that. I just have I just have opinions about Roberts and Mick's Christmas movies. Well, I'm uh, I'm glad you shared them with me here. Thank you. If you're if you're looking to to plan a trip um to, to Disney World, I can definitely do that for you at you uh at Facebook Matt Stream Destinations. I will link to that in the show notes. And thank you. Absolutely. Uh, and and thank you for making my first podcast experience so enjoyable. I am honored, my friend. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And anytime you need me to come back and, and get mad at Bob's Zemeckis for you, <laughs> I am here. Sure. Well, I will definitely put that link in the show notes, which you can find at adventcalendar.house. There you can also find where to find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'll see y'all again in a couple of days, but for now, for Matt Weiland, from the bottom of my stoop after being frightened to death by my door knocker, this is Mike Westfall saying, careful of the icy patch, and God bless us, everyone. (laughs) And now, these messages. It's Christmas! Hello, this is Adam from Merry Britsmas. I am a Christmas fanatic from the UK who thinks that the world needs to know more about the traditions, telly and music that helps make a British Christmas really festive. I look at everything from mince pies to Boxing Day to Wham to Slade to the Royal Family to Doctor Who. If you want to find out more about a British Christmas or you are British and want a hit of nostalgia, Check me out at Merry Britsmas. And happy blooming Christmas to you and all. I'm Chris. I'm Brian. I'm John. Together, we host the Yuletide TV podcast, where we're on the quest to find the best Christmas TV episodes ever made. On our podcast, we'll recap the episode, share a little bit of our own holiday memories, and go down a few non-Christmas tangents... And at the end, we'll let you know if what we watched is a Christmas classic, a lump of coal, or something in between. Best of all, you can watch along with us, because we only cover episodes that are readily available on major streaming services. We like our eggnog spikes, so get ready for some hot takes served with a healthy dose of Christmas cheer. 
Tune in for our Season 2 lineup reveal on November 2nd, and then look for new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from November 23rd, which is legally Thanksgiving, until Christmas Day. Our podcast may not be for everyone, but no matter what, we're glad you're alive. Next time on the Advent Calendar House... I'm not sure if I'll have to cancel, but it doesn't look good. Maybe somehow we'll make do with all of the other reindeer. Did Santa just say olive, the other reindeer? He said maybe we'll make do with all of the other reindeer. No, he said olive, the other reindeer. I heard him. Santa needs you to be the replacement reindeer.